Feel it coming in the air yeah. And the screams from everywhere yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill It's a dangerous Stop. love affair Can't be scared when it goes down Got a problem, tell me Stop. now Only thing that's on my mind Is who gon' this town tonight Hey, welcome into the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show 888-346-9144 is the number to call in Demi Lachey is in studio for today on this beautiful Tuesday out here in the valley, man, the weather was dang near perfect outside. You know, it's not too hot, but at the same time, it's never cold. So, I mean, it's a good start off to a Tuesday, Taco Tuesday, that is. Kwame Lasseter is out of the building for the day. I'll be riding solo. Should be having a special friend, uh, old teammate of mine, calling in soon. He's He was like my younger brother. I had to, we all had like a younger guy, a younger person that we all had to bring along. And, um, you know, he looked up to me now. He's He's the man, one of the guys down there in uh, Indiana State world. And, you know, he knows his sports, so uh, can't wait to bring him on the show. Hopefully he's not skipping class or whatnot, if, if that's the case. We're going to kick this show off. Last night, uh, Monday Night Football, uh, we're just going to get right into it. Uh, it was two games last night, two games to be played. First game was the Eagles and the Falcons, which I thought was a phenomenal game. Uh, those two teams was going on, was just going at it. I, I was pretty surprised on the outcome. I was kind of nervous to begin with because on my fantasy team, I had Matthews, the receiver for the Eagles. I didn't know how Sam Bradford was going to, you know, do his duties or whatnot, but uh, he held it down for me. He, he almost gave me a victory. So I was surprised to see, you know, the play of uh, Bradford, the play of the Eagles offense and Matthews and how dominant he was in his performance. But they came up short against the Falcons, of course, led by Julio Jones and Matt Ryan, uh, who I'm still not sold on all the way, but Julio came to play. And ladies and gentlemen, I know I told you I had a uh, special great friend of mine, kind of like a younger brother. He's joining us in the show today. We got Samson here calling all the way from Indiana, Terra Holt. Samson, what's going on, brother? What's up, man? How you doing? Man, you know me. Busy. <laughs> you know me, busy. Just just doing doing what I can, doing what I do best. Talking yep. too much. Uh, first and foremost, man, appreciate you calling in. I know it's uh, in the afternoon time. I hope you're not skipping class or I'm not pulling you out of any meetings or anything right now. No, nah, man, you're just fine. I wasn't doing much or nothing. <laughs> That's what's up, man. You still playing with your cats or what? <laughs> yeah, man, I'm just chilling. That's good, man. Uh, I want to. Uh, glad you're calling in and whatnot. Uh, please let let uh, let's let's introduce yourself a little bit. I was, you know, letting everyone know that. You know, your old teammate of mine took you under the wing as your freshman year, as you played as a true freshman, which is rare at the Division One college level. Um, no matter what conference or whatever, you know, you play in, um, you know, it's rare. I've been making a lot of noise about the Missouri Valley, of course, and how great, you know, the season has kicked off thus far. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. introduce yourself a little bit, you know, uh, tell about your little background, you know, and how's the season going or whatnot. Um, all right, uh I'm Samson Levinson. I'm a junior wide receiver at Indiana State. Uh, like Demery said, my freshman year, he kind of took me under his wing, uh, showed me the ropes, uh, college football, and, uh, you know, taught me how to be a good student and a good athlete, and, uh, and showed me a lot. Um, this season, you know, we, first game we played Butler, mm-hmm. which another uh, school in the small school in Indiana, uh, beat them pretty good, they're not on scholarship, and then uh, just when I played Purdue, and uh, made some mistakes that game that kind of hurt us, and they ended up beating us pretty good, but this week, 
we play Southeast Missouri State at home, and mm-hmm. uh, I think that's a game that we should be able to win if we uh, take care of business. You dang on real. <laughs> Two home games in three weeks. Uh, yeah, I, I watched uh, that Purdue game. It was on national TV. Actually, a lot of I had a lot of people out in the Phoenix area tuned in, and uh, a, a ton of mistakes, um, a lot yeah. of mistakes. But it was great to see, you know, uh, Matt Adam, you know, getting on the field. I know he's this is first year playing your quarterback, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, still, you, know, you bringing a lot of talent back, a lot of uh, experience back at the receiving core with you and Rob and Jamar and Gary, of course, Geo holding it down. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you guys were, you know, it, it looked like there was no, you know, advantage of a matchup as a powerhouse Big Ten Purdue type lineup that you, you know, normally see, you know, coming from an FCS school and, you know, smaller Missouri Valley Conference, you, you know, Missouri Valley, they, they hold their own against, you know, just throughout the whole board because week one, you know, South Dakota State, they beat Kansas at Kansas. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Kwame Lasseter, he, he's a former Jayhawk, so it's funny. I, I was giving it to him all week because I told him, don't sleep on these dang old Missouri Valley teams. So, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to schedule a team like you guys, you know, a strong conference like that. Uh, speak about the conference a little bit. Like, you know, were you surprised, you know, that you guys were in it uh, coming from a smaller school, because you know college football has changed nowadays. Like the dynamics of it, the talent level is just spread it out. You know, for sure. Um, you know, when we were looking at the film of Purdue, we just pretty much came to the conclusion that they were just a good team in our conference, right along the lights of North Dakota State, Illinois State, South Dakota State. They looked like a good Missouri Valley Conference team. Mm-hmm. So we felt like if we played our game, we could hang right in there with them. And uh, like we talked about earlier, they, you know, we made some mistakes. Some they caused, some we caused. And we made some mistakes that kind of got us out of the game, um, giving up a Hail Mary towards the end of the half. That kind of, you know, can set you back a little bit. Mm-hmm. But our conference can play with anybody in the country, I feel like. The two teams who played in the national championship both played in our conference. Mm-hmm. Our conference is... You know, multiple guys to the NFL who get drafted every single year. Zach Zinner's doing his thing for the Lions. Yep. Uh, yep. Michael Pruitt's doing his thing for the Vikings. The mm-hmm. Chiefs have the Illinois State tight end. I mean, there's, you look around the NFL, there's a very valley conference guy on almost every single roster. Yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah. Even and in the uh, Arizona Cardinals out here, uh, David Johnson, the guy from Northern Iowa. Yeah, from, from Northern Iowa, uh, the running back. Yeah, he popped off, went to the game, popped off that 55-yard touchdown. Was the, He looked like he'd been there before, you know? Yeah. He, he just looked <laughs> exactly. natural. And it's crazy. Exactly. Um, yeah, so, you know, that, thanks for uh, holding it down, letting you know, letting the world know a little bit. Because you are on a global network channel. You know, it's, it's, it's loaded throughout globally. You can pick up the show. Uh, Voice America, uh, we had to download the app. Kwame Laster mm-hmm. Sports Talk. You can check it out. Pass it on along. Uh, you watched some football last night. Yep. And, you know, I was talking about the Falcons and the Eagles. I don't know if you're a huge Falcons fan or if you watch uh, certain, you know, receivers, whether it's on the Eagles side or the uh, or the Falcons, you know, offensive side. Because, yeah. you know, as a receiver, you, you're you going to watch the offense. You can care less about what the defense <laughs> of course. does. Of course. <laughs> you know, you see in the, you know, the moves or how quick they come off the line or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, both both teams, you know, they were dominant to me in the passing game each way. Uh, mm-hmm. Which, you know, were you surprised by Sam Bradford coming out week one? Because he, he didn't play that much in the preseason, but he just looked mm-hmm. very – you know, it just looked fluent, even though they came out on the losing end. He threw 
36 for 52 for 336 yards, touchdown, had two interceptions. But the flow of the game, I mean, he kept them in it, even with two turnovers. Uh, I feel like yeah. I feel like Chip Kelly's offense is really geared where he the I mean obviously the quarterback has to make the decision when he's on the field, but the decision is almost kind of made for him with the way he does his things at Oregon and then with Philadelphia, where it's designed it's it's a quarterback friendly offense where he doesn't have to make too many adjustments, he has to make too many calls, you know. Chip's running the show pretty much, and he just has to go. He's almost the, the you know, the puppet, and Chip Kelly's the puppeteer controlling what's going on. Mm-hmm. And that kind of helps any quarterback that's going to play for him make decisions because even though he wasn't practicing a lot or getting a lot of reps in the preseason, he's kind of seeing what's going on and what, what Chip wants here and what Chip wants in certain situations. They kind of make it easy for him to adjust into it. Just like when Nick Foles came in, when Michael Vick got hurt, he came in and thrown seven touchdowns a game without throwing interceptions. Mm-hmm. And that goes to show how Chip Kelly's offense is really geared for the quarterback's success. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like it's kind of driving the other positions just out of order, like the natural talent? Is it hiding talent, like per se, in the receiving core? Because, you know, Chip Kelly, he had one, he had one hell of an offseason. Where he was, you know, yeah. letting guys go a uh, year before guys stopped trusting him. I mean, we're talking big name players who playing in their prime level, like LaShawn McCoy, mm-hmm. Deshaun Jackson, uh, you yeah. know, Jeremy Macklin, and, you know, those little racial issues or whatnot. Yeah. Uh, do you even feel that way, or is it just Chip Kelly? Because when I think of Chip Kelly, I think of Oregon. They're not known yeah. to recruit the four or five star athletes. They can win with two, three star athletes. Yeah. They just put guys in certain positions and let it go. And I feel like he's transitioning that into the NFL, saying, I don't need these big-name guys. But then everybody's saying, oh, it's a racial-type deal. I'm not too sold on it. I know that was Mm -hmm. a lot of talk. Uh, You know, he kept a guy like Darren Sproles, who I think is an exciting football player. He he did well in the passing game last night. But the rushing attack was terrible. I was waiting to see DeMarco Murray, Ryan Matthews, you know, to take over the game. But Murray had eight carries, nine yards. I mean, he had a touchdown, but come on now. Um, you know, what do you see that, you know, with the whole – this was the first week, you know, you, you pick up Tim Tebow. I thought he played well in the preseason. I thought he was going to make the squad, known for the Chip Kelly since. Um, but, yeah, you talked about it a little bit, you know, how Chip Kelly's system is. Um, how do you think yeah. it panned out for game one against, you know, an experienced team like Atlanta Falcons, who they should win this ball game? against a newfound Eagles team. It's only week one, but where do you see all this put together in the display that uh, Philadelphia put out there? I, I feel like Chip Kelly is in the, the impression that he can win with anybody who will do what he coaches them to do. So okay. if, you know, if Jeremy Macklin or Sean McCoy or Deshaun Jackson, three names that you said, if, if they're not fully bought into what he's saying, he feels like, that's just fine. We can get somebody else. Mm-hmm. We can do that. As explosive as Deshaun McCoy and Deshaun Jackson are, he feels like that does not matter as much as far as someone who can fit right into his system. Right. He's a big system guy, which which benefits them as far as when injuries happen and when um, and things like that. That there's always someone who can come in and and just you know yeah pretty much just run what's on the card and fit into the system. But I do think that he takes away from 
from individuals' talent. Like people like DeMarco Murray may not need a system to be great. Just give him the ball. You know what I'm saying? Give, mm-hmm. Just give Deshaun Jackson the ball. Give Ryan Matthews, like when he was there, give Ryan Matthews the ball and just right. let them do what they do. Right. You don't have to scheme up a way for DeMarco Murray to be able to, to succeed. He will succeed by himself. Mm-hmm. And I think that is where kind of he kind of downplays individuals' talent, mm-hmm. which could end up, you know, hurting them in the long run because the Eagles have a lot of talent, and um, and they're going to have to use that at some point. DeMarco Murray needs ball, mm-hmm. and uh, they got to find a way to get it to him. They, they, yeah, they have to. I mean, the first half they kind of started off pretty slow, and then they got things going in the second half. But still, you got to find a way, yeah, to make Demarco Murray, you know, make him impactful. You have to find yeah. a way. Uh, real quick, I know we got a minute before we take a break here. Let's jump to the other side of the ball, real quick. Did you see that kid, Tevin Coleman, man? First time <laughs> playing. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, Samson. I know yeah. you remember that that gentleman, that that man, yeah. uh, <laughs> that beast. Uh, Twenty carries, eighty yards. Not too shabby, you know. Not too yeah. shabby for a first for a first time out at the new job. Um, not only that, I mean Julio, man, putting on a, a show like usual. Just signed oh, a big man. penny contract. Uh, He's a grown man. <laughs> <laughs> Do you emulate yourself after him? Because I mean, yeah, would you consider it a little bit? Yeah, he's definitely someone I like to watch and um, and and see how they play. Yeah, you know the big the bigger receivers. He's two. He's two thirty. You know, he runs like a horse. He, he flies like <laughs> I try to watch. He looked like a horse too. Like, he looked like a horse. <laughs> And guys like Dez, because they have a similar body type to me, so it's like interesting to see how they want to run their routes, how they want to right. work in the zones and be the corner and stuff like that. But yeah, and Tevin Coleman, you know, just last year he was playing versus us, and if they don't have him last year, I think they have a pretty good chance of going to Indiana and beating them. Right. But, I mean, you see what he was doing to the Philadelphia Eagles now. Against Indiana State, he's going he's gonna to have some success. <laughs> so... Yeah, you're right. I was not surprised at all with him doing what he does. I mean, he, uh-huh. he is a rare blend of size, strength, and speed at the running back position. Yeah, he was my most impactful rookie running back to like just keep an eye on. You know, he he's going to make a huge impact, and they didn't, you know, they didn't throw him to the starting lineup in the depth chart until last week. And once I, right. he became number one, everybody was shocked. I'm like, just wait and see. Trust me. Um, 888-346-9144 is the number to call in. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. After the break, you know, hopefully Samson going to keep on the line, talk with us a little bit more. Uh, more NFL yep. talk. There was another game last night. And also, you know, just a bunch of other sports news. Don't change the dial. We'll be right back. You listen to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show with Demery Lachey, and we'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Surfing is taking the world by storm. It's not just the sport itself, but the culture that surrounds it. From music to fashion, art and competition, Surf Talk Show is a place that will showcase it all. Your hosts are JJ and the Doctor, two surfing enthusiasts who have lived and traveled the lifestyle and culture. They'll bring you the knowledge and entertainment that'll keep you riding the wave. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. on the West Coast, 2 p.m. East Coast on Voice America Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back in to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. 888-346-9144 is the number to call in. Join us anytime, Monday through Friday. Except for Wednesdays, it's our day out. You know, we get out and about around the... City, go do some interviews, go check out some practices or whatnot. Uh, Demi Lachey's there in studio. Got my homeboy, man. My home from from <laughs> Indianapolis too. I, I didn't even <laughs> think about that. I forgot about that whole same side of town and everything. Samson <laughs> Levinson, number two wide receiver for Indiana State University. Uh, yes, it is a Division One program, ladies and gentlemen. I promise it is. <laughs> Uh, he's in the studio. He just came off a tough game against Purdue. I should keep hassling him and keep knocking him about it, but I know he's ready to move on to Southeast. Yeah. Who y'all got next week? Uh, Southeast Missouri State. Southeast Missouri. Who y'all receivers coach? Uh, Chris Proctor. He comes from Boise State. He was a GA there. He played in Navy. He's okay. quarterback in Navy. So, Chris he's, Proctor. This is his first year coaching the receivers. Oh, first year ever? Yep. Okay. I mean, he, he don't look too shabby. Y'all, y'all were looking yeah. good out there. Y'all were looking fresh and healthy, and mm-hmm. um, especially against the Boilermakers. Now, I know we talked about a little bit off break. Uh, you know, coming from a smaller conference, and you know, you playing a Big Ten team, quote unquote, with quotes mm-hmm. around it. Um, the talent, you know, it displays the same. You know, from my point of view, and I know you're mm-hmm. on the field, and. You know, the size or whatnot. And I tell a lot of people, you know, the biggest difference is what's up front. You know, big O line, a yeah. little O line, especially in college football. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you was there. You were, you know, mm-hmm. around it. What was your biggest, you know, difference going against a Big Ten team, you know, coming from the Valley? Because, you know, it was a little, you know, the crowd is a little bigger, but, you know, once the, that yeah. first snap, the first kickoff, I think all those jitters and everything go away. And it's like, well, we, we the same, you know, we the same talent, we right. the same people. Just with different jerseys on. Yeah. Um, like the D line, they they got after us a little bit. They produced D line, and uh, I didn't really see it happening as much because I'm you know I'm in the game and running downfield. On film, I kind of saw it a little bit. Yeah. And um, you watch you film know, already? We have we have a we have a, <laughs> a O line. Uh, we have a, a good old line. They all coming back. All of them played last year. Yeah. And so they're good. They just telling us some things. I, get, I don't know if they were. We got a little confused or something up front, or we got confused in the secondary a couple times too. But um, they kind of got acting a little bit. But as far as corners and safeties and uh, 
stuff go like that. Mm-hmm. We're right there with them as far as size and stuff. Just they have a lot more depth at that level. Um, we had some guys go down early in the game. Uh, Phil Wilson didn't play because of concussion. Mark Sewell got his, uh, rolled up on his ankle, uh, so so he was kind of limit, limited during the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, as far as safeties go, we we had two walk-ons and a safety just to do. Oh wow! And and you know when you, and they're good players, but at the same time. You know, it's just not a lack of depth at those positions. Yeah, just the experience even, on the field at that time. and Yeah, so they had to grow yeah. up on the field, you know. Yeah. That's yeah, tough. Yeah, at the time, like, they had they had the, you know, Marcus, he played, he played a little bit my true freshman year, but mm-hmm. as far as, like, safety, this is his first time he played the whole game mm-hmm. at safety. And, like, as the game went on, he, he got better and better as the game went on. But to have your first real experience versus Purdue, I mean, it's going to, you're going to have to grow up on the field quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Those lights get a little bit brighter. Mm-hmm. What about your first game? What, what what did you do? You scored a touchdown on your first catch? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. You one yeah. of them. Okay. <laughs> hey, moving. <laughs> hey, moving on, man. Uh, did you watch? I know you had your game and everything Saturday. Did you catch any college football that was happening around? Um, you know, the country or whatnot. Did you catch any college football? The only game I really was able to kind of see and follow was the Notre Dame game, mm-hmm. which uh, was a pretty good finish. Um, I didn't really watch too many other games mm-hmm. other than Notre Dame, Virginia. Just I got some friends playing Notre Dame, and uh, okay. the quarterback got hurt, and I was kind of like, wow, Notre Dame's playing Kentucky, Virginia. They just killed Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, killed Texas, and then um, – Backup quarterback came in there and threw a dime for the win. Right. And right. I thought that was, I mean, I was pretty impressed with Notre Dame and how they played. Exactly. And, you know, they're a number nine football team. Um, yeah. Quarterback Malik Zaire, who's from Arizona, um, you know, got the starting position, last, like, you know, midway through the season last season over Evan Golston, which yeah. now he's starting for the Florida State Seminoles, in which I got a lot to say about that, too, coming up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, he goes down, which which is uh, it's tough. And yeah. th- to have a backup quarterback step in, especially you talk about a national powerhouse program like Notre Dame football at home right. against a Virginia a Virginia team that, you know, it's they giving it all they have. You know, they get the you right. get to see the other team starting quarterback go down. You're gonna be like, Oh yeah, we, we, we can do this. You know, it gains some type of confidence. Um, but moving on through the throughout the season, you know, Notre Dame, they don't they're not in the, the conference, so therefore, you know, their schedule's so wide open they play different uh conferences each and every week. Some mm-hmm. of the you know, one of the hardest football schedules we uh year in and year out. It's going to be difficult because now they have a different, yeah. you know, mindset, a different uh, guy in charge. I guess you could say because the quarterback, you know, he has to, you know, pretty much be that guy each and every Saturday, each and every game. You have to believe in him, yeah. and you know, he has to make you believe in him. So uh, they had high expectations. Number nine, you know, they had you know top fifteen coming into the season and whatnot. High yeah. expectations for this program, and I know Samson, you're. You know those guys pretty close. Like you say, you played some high school football with these guys. Uh, yep. You know, you, you're close around with this team. Do you even know or consider, you know, kind of the talks that's being talked around right now in Notre Dame? Or what what aspect would you take from it if you was in that locker room right now? Your starting quarterback, Matt Adam, goes down. How would you feel? I mean, it, 
Because, you, like, I mean, you know, Indiana State, you know, y'all got high expectations. Y'all making the playoffs yeah. and whatnot. Y'all playoff contender now. Yeah. So you can, only, you can only kind of feel bad about it for for a short amount of time because at the end of the day, you have a game on the schedule and you mm-hmm. have someone else to play quarterback. And you can, I mean, you can, uh, you can, you can kind of feel bad about it for maybe a day, maybe I mean, maybe even a couple hours, and then I realize, okay, this is who we, this is the next best guy we have to win, and um, and. Uh, that's just, and that's just what it is. And even if you're the backup, you prepare like you're the starter. Mm-hmm. And so, and you're waiting for this moment to happen. When uh, Mark had his ankle rolled up yesterday, uh, Rob was the backup power trainer, and Rob had not caught punts in a game before. And he's like, "Man, I don't know how I feel about this." Oh wow! And I was like, "I was like, listen, you're the you're the next best guy. This right. is what has to happen." So I mean, you got to go out there, and we need you to go catch these punts. And that's the same thing <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> as, as far as. You know, it's just a little bit on a bigger scale with quarterbacks, uh-huh. but like you're the second best guy to play quarterback on this team, and it's, and uh, it's time it's time for you to step up, and make a play. Right, and and that, that that's awesome, man. That's like yeah, we you know you tell hey you're not Malik Zaire or you know this ain't this ain't Notre Dame, but <laughs> you gonna catch some points right. tonight. <laughs> you you better catch some points right. today, or otherwise. <laughs> Then we're gonna call you, yeah. and it ain't gonna be nice. Uh, <laughs> nah, but that that's awesome uh, detailed news. You know, like you said, next man up. I mean, I like that aspect, that mindset. Hopefully, you know, Notre Dame can keep this thing going. Um, yeah. I like Malik Zaire. I like him better than the Evan Goldstein, who was starting for Florida State. And you yeah. know, I checked that football game out. It was going on the same time when y'all game was. So I was flipping back and forth uh, after yeah. that hail mary. I don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> But uh, not, you know, I was uh, no. Go ahead, speak on it. If you, if you got something to say, go ahead and say well, it. I was gonna just say, like <laughs> our coach always talks about when when someone goes down and they see you coming in, mm-hmm. you want the guys in the hole to be like, oh crap, look who's coming in the game. One of the all right, he's ready, he's prepared. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's gonna be on top of his stuff. And well, as far as Notre Dame quarterback, he came right in there and. I'm sure after a couple series, they're like, "All right, <laughs> yeah, we can win this game with him, and we we're really behind him, and let's go win the ball game." And that's how it should be if you're a backup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, it, it, and it should be absolutely. Um, moving on through, just you know, we talked about every ghost in a little bit. We got a couple minutes before break. Uh, South Florida and Florida State. This game, I thought South Florida should have won this game until the third quarter when. Um, they took. They started to take the ball out of Evan Golston's hands, and mm-hmm. you know when he first. You know when they had the national championship team in Notre Dame that uh, they went up against who? Who they play? Florida State that year? No. Uh, no, it was who did they take the loss to Alabama. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, that was a tragedy. And uh, you know that year, I was becoming an Evan Golston fan. I liked the way he was winning the ball games. He turned over the ball a lot, but. Still, now that he's at Florida State, I, I, I don't see any difference. He took a year off, you know, had the suspension, graduated yeah. early, and, you know, got to Florida State. And I still don't see a huge difference in his, you know, his game. I'm, I'm just not too sold on it. Thank God yeah. Dalvin Cook, who got into some trouble this offseason, he's still playing games. So I'm not going to speak on it because I'm not yeah. in Tallahassee. <laughs> it's different. I'm not Sam said I'm not I'm not going to put you out there like that. Uh but Cook rushed for 266 yards, man. Uh yeah. dominant ball game. They put the ball in his hands, got it out of Everett Ghost's hands. How mm-hmm. I don't think they can do this for a long time. 
I mean, you know, Florida State's a great program. I don't, I don't, I just don't see it happening. Like Everett Goldson going to have to win some games for them. You know, he's going to have to show something different. Um, you can't rely on that running back too much. You know, he, he's going to get beat up a lot, especially going into the ACC play. Uh, you know how it is. You know, you got your quarterback kind of confident. You got to learn to spread the football, you know, as in, you know, y'all had y'all success. Y'all spread the football last season a lot and in this season as well. So, uh, you know, we're going to move on. Actually, we got to take another break here. 888-346-9144 is the number to call in. Coming after the break, more college football. Uh, there's another NFL game last night that we will discuss and talk about. Kwame Lasseter, Sports Talk So Don't change the dial, and uh, we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play by play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Welcome back, welcome back in to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show, 888-346-9144 is the number to call in. Demi Lachey is running the show today, and I'm in studio on this beautiful Tuesday out here in the Valley, I know that for sure, everywhere else. I'm pretty sure it's looking pretty nice and dandy as well. Um, welcome back in. Samson Levinson, thanks you for calling in. He dropped off on the line, he had to go back to class and make sure he was not... Skipping class and make sure he's getting his book. But I really appreciate him calling in. I know he has a busy schedule, busy time point. But this is something that, you know, he's considered and get himself into around the media world, around uh, World Talk Radio or whatnot. So I'm glad he called in, glad he got a chance to speak up on it, speak the truth. And, you know, he, he's going about his day. So, you know, some of the items that he touched up on, I mean, being a Division One player, 
he understands the concept, you know, throughout the game, what's going on, you know, matchups, how, you know, these bigger programs, no matter what, you know, where you come from, what sides, it's all about what's going to happen inside the 50-yard lines and stepping in front of the bright lights and see if you can bring it each and every play. Biggest game this weekend that I want to talk about in co- staying in college football, uh, Lamar and Baylor. No, I'm kidding. Baylor killed Lamar University. I'm not sure. Biggest game of the weekend, top 10, two, two top 10 teams, uh, University of Oregon Ducks against Michigan State, traveling all the way to Lansing. I mean, it was a huge, phenomenal game. ESPN was all over college game day. It was, it was the game of the weekend. It was the ultimate rematch, and it lived up to it. It lived every moment up to it. I didn't know if Vernon Adams was going to play or not for the Oregon Ducks, but he ended up playing the whole game and didn't look too shabby. I thought he held up. You know, I thought he could do what he did uh, against that blitz-heavy Michigan State defense, and I, I thought he performed pretty well. Is this the last time that they're going to see each other play? I don't think so. I, I think because they both lived up to a whole another level, they took this game to another level and show how competitive both of these teams can be this early in the season. And, you know, Oregon was a one touchdown away. It was a couple inches away from winning this game. Vernon Adams overthrew a wide open receiver, you know, towards the end of the game. It was, I think it was, I believe it was a third down or second down in the fourth quarter there. And it was just, you know, inches away from Oregon winning this game on the road. I picked Michigan State. I knew it was going to be a close outcome, but I didn't think, you know, I just thought Michigan State was going to win it on the last drive, you know, type deal. But, you know, Oregon pulled it or Michigan State pulled it out, you know, on the inches of Vernon Adams' overthrow to his wide open receiver. Uh, like I told you, I thought Royce Freeman, you know, bought himself to the party and, you know, did his deal well. I knew he was going to be very impactful. It was just a great, you know, hard-fought game this early in the season. You know, it's just the second week of college football, and, you know, it lived up to its moment. And now, you know, with that game being played, uh, both of these teams know, you know, where they are across the country. Oregon took a three-point loss, should have won that game if it wasn't for that little overthrow, could have won this game on the road, in a top five national team. Well, I think Michigan State, I think they're, right now, yeah, the AP poll, they got moved up to number four. I think they're a top three, top two football team. I think they can now, right now, today, they can compete with Ohio State. I think today they can beat Ohio State just because of coming off this hard, tough game against an Oregon Ducks team. And, you know, Ohio State, they're just running up the scoreboard, shutting teams out. Come on, University of, you know, Hawaii. I mean, it's a great deal to see Hawaii travel to Columbus and, you know, play against, you know, the Buckeyes and wearing, the, you know, the old school jerseys and the Hawaii helmets. But come on now. I mean, Ohio State, the, the, the schedule, Theo, I mean, it, it's just not fair. Um, so good luck against Michigan State because Michigan State, they, they, they've seen it already week two. They know how to compete in a hard, tough game. I don't, you know, the talent, of course, I think it goes to Ohio State side, but the hard, it, it, if you want it more, it'll show. You know, hard work is going to be talent no matter, you know, how talented you are. Hard work will always be talent. It's, it's, it's true. It's a true formula. I don't know who tested it first, but it works each and every time. It's undefeated. And Michigan State is just a hard-fighting, grinded-out football team. No, they don't have, you know, 
the best receivers in college football. They don't have, you know, the best running backs in college football or whatnot. You know, they don't have the All-Americans around the board, but they have size. They have culture. They have a great head coach in D'Antoni, who sets the tone for this Michigan State Spartans football team, and they come to play. They have a huge leader, a great leader in Connor Cook, who was 20 for 32, 192 yards, two touchdowns, just very efficient. I mean, they ran the ball 37 times for just under 200 yards and two touchdowns out of it. That's a Michigan State grinding out football team. That's how they win games, and they win it off defense as well. They make sure they force turnovers. They had two interceptions, you know, on the day from a team like Oregon, you know, who's who, who they don't turn over the ball a lot. But when they, but if you get them to turn over the football, kind of like, you know, you look at last year's national championship, Ohio State and Oregon, they got Oregon to turn over the football. They they forced a lot of turnovers. Michigan State did the same deal. No, you know, you don't have a, you know, I don't want to compare this Oregon team to last year's Oregon team and Ohio State's team to last year because it's a whole different outlook, a whole different, you know, field. So, you know, fans out there are saying, you know, oh, Ohio State, they dominated Oregon and Michigan State. They just beat them by a little. Well, this is only week two of college football. It's a whole different team. They don't have an experience all the way through the season grinding out Ohio State team whose schedule was better and they had a loss on the season last season compared to where they are this year. So I think this this game right here makes that matchup at the end of the season that much better for, you know, Ohio State and uh, Michigan State. I think it, 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 it took it already to that next level. And, you know, I, I think Ohio State, they're going to run the table because of how the way their schedule set up. There were some changes that, you know, got moved around in, you know, an AP poll. That you know that came out, but I'm, I'm not too happy. I'm, I'm not saying I'm just I'm, I'm kind of surprised at some of the movements that that have been made. Um, you know, seeing a team like you know for the power rankings, Ohio State still number one, Alabama, uh, you know, still number two or whatnot. But then TCU, yeah, in the coaches poll, AP poll, they're number three, but in the power rankings, they get dropped down to number four. Not only that, Baylor gets dropped down to number six, and they've just been whooping tail since the beginning of the season. And, you know, it's funny to see how you see USC jumps a Big 12 team in Baylor. I think Baylor's having one heck of a year. That is a scary team to play right now. I can't wait for that TCU-Baylor matchup. I know that, that that's coming soon as well. And, you know, it, it, but to see Baylor get jumped by USC in the quote-unquote power rankings – I think that's a bit odd. That that that, that changes things. I, I don't. I don't think Baylor has been playing bad football. You know, I don't think they uh, haven't did what they're what they're supposed to do. I mean, they they've done it all, and to see them get jumped, even see TCU get jumped. Well, I'm, you know, Michigan State they did play a ranked opponent and at home, and they beat you know a top ten team. So, yes, being moved up in the power rankings, of course, I can see that. Um, but, you know, AP poll and the coaches poll, they respect TCU. They respect, you know, the win over Michigan State's win over Oregon and, you know, having them jump over Baylor. I could take that. But to see Baylor drop, you know, down in the power rankings all the way to number six, to have USC jump in there as well, I'm I'm not too sold on it. Give Baylor the respect, man. You know, give them, yeah, they're playing in the, pack, in the Big 12 or whatnot. But give them the respect. One huge, uh, another uh, huge game, huge upset 
And finally, I think this has put the silent on all these head coaches in the SEC world, when which Arkansas, number 18 team in the country last week, they got beat. They got beat at home at that at that standpoint. You know, every all these coaches are coming on, you know, either ESPN or they're just, you know, being on TV or, you know, being stuck out to the media talking about it's not fair, the SEC's not being treated too fair, chat crying about it, you know, but it, reality, you know, it's going to set in. You can't keep talking about it if you're not going to be about a week in after week. It's the reason why there's teams ranked higher than you. So what you have to play, you know, Alabama, you, you just play your conference. That's I mean, thank God that you are in the SEC. But you can't take a loss to a team like Toledo University at home. You you don't have them come into your home. They beat you 16 to 12 week 2 of the season. You paid the you paid this program Toledo to come play you all at home because maybe, you know, next week you play in a team with the same scheme, the same program that has the same techniques or, you know, same ways as Toledo brought to you. But at the same time, when all these coaches in the SEC are talking about, oh, we, we're, we're still not getting enough respect, you know, overall, we're still not. But, you, you know, you're not going to do that. And it was University of Toledo. It was uh, University of Toledo's first game of the season to go down there to smack Arkansas in the mouth. And, yes, they did smack them in the mouth. To hold a team to 12 points, an SEC team, a team that has a bunch of returners, you know, on that offensive line, on the defensive end, like in Arkansas, who, you know, upset some teams last season. You know, they didn't, they've been coming about for the last couple of years, and now they have an experienced team who was supposed to make a lot of noise this season. But to take a loss to University of Toledo, I think now these coaches have to take a step back. You know, I, I respect, you know, the Alabamas, the Mississippi States, the Georgias, who, you know, Florida, the Gators, who come in year in and year out, you know, who, play and dominate University of Tennessee at home I thought Tennessee was going to win this game because I'm listening in to these coaches like you know what you're right you guys do deserve a lot of more respect but you got beat by Oklahoma yeah Oklahoma's ranked a little bit higher but the game was in your backyard you go up 10-0 in the first quarter and then give up 28 points you get outscored 28-7 in the second half that's on your fault you're up 17-3 at halftime there's no excuses for that. You know, you talking about, oh, we're, you know, we're a dominant conference. We can beat any other conference, you know, out, any team outside of conference. You lost to a Mac school, SEC, in the Big 12. In the Big 12, they have Baylor and TCU running the show, and Baylor gets jumped in the, in the polls. It's a great, great outcome for uh, Bob Stoops. I'm, I'm so proud. I'm so happy of, of Stoops, Coach Stoops, finally getting – a road victory win over an SEC team. Because, you know, he, he he tries to hold it down for the Big 12. He made sure, hey, there's some competitive football being played here. You can't just, you know, have our guys, our teams just, you know, get overlooked. Because Oklahoma, they've been holding it down for the last couple of years, you know. But they've also been a bit huge disappointment. Well, now things are different. Things have changed. You know, they, to see them get this victory over University of Tennessee was amazing. It was great to see that deal. I, even though I chose Tennessee. Um, because I was, you know, believing in the whole talks of all these coaches, but to see both of these programs go go down, I mean, it's just a shame. Uh, Texas A and M, you know, they're holding it down as much as they can. They bought out against uh, another school out of Indiana and Ball State. I mean, they just exploded on them. But 
you know, all these talks about, you know, the SEC coaches talking about, you know, we got to play these great teams week in and week out. That's a great team that just took a loss 16 to 12 at home week two against a team who just started their season. Come on now. That's that's no excuse. 888-346-9144 is the number to call in. We're going to take another break. Uh, after the break, we'll come up in our last segment. Yeah, I know. we got one more Monday night football game to talk about. Also, teams getting prepared. A lot of injury updates in the NFL as well. Kwame Lasser, Sports Talk Show, Demi Lachey, and I'll be right back. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety Ray Ellis on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Voice. Hey, welcome in, welcome in. Welcome back into the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show, 888-346-9144 is the number to call in. Join us at any time. Download the Voice America app, follow the sports channels, all the sports shows. They all talk a great deal of sports. Not only that, check out the other shows as well. Demi Lachey is here in studio. Uh, to finish up the going into the last segment, the last, uh, last game of week one. Week one is now in the books in the NFL a lot of excitements, a lot of returns, a lot of uh, just new opportunities. Young rookies taking over the NFL, um, coming in the first game ones, you know, not shying away. Some are. Some, you know, came to play, Marcus Mariota. And some guys are in the bigger roles. Um, 
last night, the last game of, of week one, Minnesota Vikings, San Francisco 49ers open up, you know, their new stadium, you know, have the came in the stadium with the black on black jerseys with the red outline. I mean, it was it was beautiful, you know, nice jerseys. Great choice. 49ers. Um, it was it was, you know, open up to the new stadium. Beautiful stadium. Beautiful, you know, uh, holding down where the Super Bowl will be played at Super Bowl 50. Um, a lot of history, a lot of history on the field, a lot of, you know, old retirement guys coming back, you know, to check out the new facility, check out the new the new team, new head coach. We don't know what to expect from these 49ers. Everybody's retiring. Vikings returning, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, the, the ultimate return of Adrian Peterson. It was, you know, this game had so much emotion before it. And then when it got in between the lines, you know, the game kicked off. Colin Kaepernick was not that impressive, but the outcome was 20-3. to San Francisco 49ers winning the game at home, 20-3. to I was very surprised. I was really thinking that Minnesota was going to come into this game and dominate because of all the speculation that was going on before the season and the Niners making all these changes. Frank Gore is out of town. Uh, they cut Darnell Dockett, new head coach. I don't know what to expect. You know, is he a quarterback's coach? Is he an offensive coach, defensive mindset? I'm not sure. Anquan Bowden's getting old. You get the likes of Reggie Bush returning to the state of California. It's It was a lot of speculation going into this, but they played like the, air, like the San Francisco 49ers should. A great defensive team, a great defensive standpoint. That will catch up. A, a, a great offense in the Minnesota Vikings. They they tore that offense up. Adrian Peterson, 10 carries, 31 yards on his first return. That's not AP numbers. I know it's week one. I know it's time to relax. I know we talked about that, you know, over the weekend or whatnot. And, you know, on yesterday's show, we talking about, you know, it's week one. Everybody relax. But, I mean, the, the Minnesota Vikings, I thought they were just going to come out there and just tear everything up, tear it apart. And 49ers came to play. I'm not going to hold back. The 49ers came to play. They did not disappoint. And they I think they shocked everyone. I think they shocked all of us, at, at, you know, one way or another. I know they shocked me for sure. They were playing the game so hard. They were sacking Teddy Bridgewater like no other. I mean, he had no time back there, literally. Like, they racked up five sacks. It, I mean, it was... Teddy Bridgewater was under so much pressure, so many tackles for loss uh, for the 49ers, you know, team as well. I mean, they just had a lot of hits on the QB. Teddy Bridgewater took eight overall hits. Five of them were sacks. That's very efficient for San Francisco 49ers, you know, defensive team. Because that's where all the, most of the retirements came from, from the defense. Who's going to step in? Who's going to step up for Patrick Willis, you know? Who was that next guy up? It was supposed to be Borland, but Borland retired too. He's retired along with it. He he went away as well. Huge, huge defensive game from Antoine Bethea, Eric Reed, you know, Aaron Lynch. You know, he had a sack, a lot of two tackles for loss. I mean, this team, that, that 49ers defense just looked phenomenal. They looked like they came to play. They are not shying away from, the you know, the NFC West. Everyone talks about the Rams, the Cardinals, who I think I think the Cardinals are still the strongest team right now. 
I know, relax. It's only the first week. I think they made that tone, though, to come out week one and show, like, they're a strong unit. I still think Seattle in that is number two, St. Louis and San Francisco, but, you know, all these, all these teams won besides Seattle. I mean, these guys, the San Francisco 49ers, they – Navar Bowman, his return, he was huge, of course. Seven tackles. I forgot about his his display. I mean, it, he had a sack and a tackle for loss. I mean, but he he's there. You know, he he's he's back. It was great to see, you know, it was a great way to end week one. Seeing the 49ers come out victorious 20-3. Cause I you know, I predicted Minnesota was gonna dominate this game. I thought, you know, I was very disappointed on the play of Teddy Bridgewater. I was very disappointed. On a, I thought AP was going to come in week one and just wreck shop. And I understand, you know, his first game back, coming off an injury. Uh, Mike Wallace is, you know, new to the organization as well, but he led the team in catching. It. He he's been known to drop to have a lot of drops throughout his career, but he was targeted seven times and had six catches, so that's very respectful. Um, but I don't know, there was no energy on that offense. Where was Charles Johnson? This guy was the fantasy guru, the fantasy showstopper last season. And he had two catches, 27 yards. We're, you know, still, same deal with Cordell Patterson. He had one catch for one yard. I mean, I think that I think that project is going to start to move on. I think they're going to go away from Cordero, just keep him on special teams. But, I mean, it was a huge play, you know, uh, huge leadership from Harrison Smith and Anthony Barr. I mean, but that's what you're going to get out of those two. Other than that, I mean, the defense, it would, I don't know. Like, it Minnesota just did not look like they were ready to play. I know it's week one. I know. But still, for a team like the 49ers, for all the changes that they went through, you know, for bringing in, you know, Carlos Hyde, stepping up behind Frank Gore, who had a phenomenal game last night. 26 carries, 168 yards, two touchdowns. You know, and that was the biggest question on the offensive end. Is can, you know, Carlos Hyde be impactful the way Frank Gore was? I think these two are pretty much the same running back. They have the same features. I remember back when Carlos Hyde was running for the Buckeyes at Ohio State, you saw, you know, that hunger in each carry. Just the determination, you know, he never went down. When he got tackled, he never went down backwards. He's always been tackled forward. And you saw that last night on display. Every time he touched the ball, it was almost a first down. He averaged six and a half, you know, yards per carry. I mean, Carlos Hyde dominated that game. It was it was great to see you know him play it and you know his his lightning and you know his lightning of Reggie Bush you know went out for the game he had the calf injury we don't know his status too much right now but I believe you know it's it's nothing to worry about you know uh, over the season but it, it was a great week one overall. A lot of surprises. I think this was probably the the biggest surprise. You know, seeing San Francisco, you know, dominate a team like Minnesota Vikings, you know, week one, even though they're at home, but I think a lot of the energy and, you know, opening up a new stadium, the black jerseys, that got that team going. So, uh, you know, week one is in the books. I know we're going to discuss a little bit more on it tomorrow, or not tomorrow, maybe Thursday, heading into, you know, week two, what we got from, you know, week one or whatnot. Because, unfortunately, we are – we're out of time, man. I got to get out of here. I got to go enjoy my the rest of my Tuesday. Wednesday, we are off. Catch us Thursday, a live, another live show Thursday. You're listening to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. Demi Lachey, thanks for kicking it with me. Thanks for having Samson Levinson call in. Uh, but, yeah, we will catch you Thursday, and we are over and out. 
for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.